0: Mr. President, we plan to march our troops around the city once per day for seven days. On the seventh day, we will march around the target seven times. On the seventh time around the city on the seventh day, we will blow a trumpet loudly. Then, we anticipate victory. Can you imagine the look on the President's face? I did not make up the imaginary Pentagon briefing out of thin air. No, I found it in the Old Testament book of Joshua where God instructed Joshua with his plan to overtake the city of Jericho. Joshua learned that God's ways were not always his ways. Sometimes God employs unconventional means that require faith and supernatural intervention. I'm Ron Jones and this is Something Good.
1: The promised land wasn't merely there for Israel to take. It was there for Israel to keep. Find out how this applies to you on this Tuesday edition of Something Good. Hello and welcome to another day of teaching with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks so much for stopping by. And today, Ron reminds us that in Christ, we all have gained access to the promised land. We take possession of it by faith and we keep possession of it by faith. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Joshua, Possessing the Promised Land.
0: Are you a different person today than you were when you came to faith in Christ 16 years ago. I hope you are. If not, you're not experiencing the abundant Christian life, the normal Christian life. You've been stunted in your growth in some way. I know that Jesus had a cluster of grapes in mind when he was with his disciples in the upper room on the night before he was crucified, because he said this, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. Here's a little Valentine's Day advice, couples. You can't fix what's broken in your marriage, and neither can the therapist. Because apart from Christ, you can do nothing. You can't become more loving and kind and joyful and patient. Oh, you can try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and try harder and do better But you know how that goes, right? Jesus said, abide in me like a branch connected to a vine. You stay connected to me. You remain in me. Synonymous language in the New Testament is walk by the Spirit. And guess what? When you yield yourself to the Spirit, when you give yourself wholly to Him, you know what He does? He produces an abundance of fruit in your life. And who doesn't want to hang out with a person like that? You'll become immeasurably more attractive to your spouse or just people in general when you exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. So I ask you, are you abiding in Jesus? Are you experiencing the abundant Christian life? The second word that is a picture of uh, Joshua is not just abundance. Uh, But the second word is victory. If Joshua is a picture of the abundant Christian life, it's also a picture of the victorious Christian life. And here's how. Canaan was full of Israel's enemies who already occupied the land. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, guess what? There were some uh, character qualities that occupied you that weren't very attractive. And the same was true of me. According to Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, there were seven nations, Canaanite nations, more numerous and more mighty than the Israelites that already occupied the land, the land that God said, I've given it to you, but I'm also giving it to you because you have to take possession of it by faith. And you've heard of these names before, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. No, not the termites, but you get the idea. They were embedded in the land, they lived there, fortified cities, more numerous than the Israelites. I guarantee you, when you came to faith in Christ, there were some aspects of your character (laughs) that were embedded in you. Sin that just is embedded in the flesh and does not want to let go of who you are. For the Israelites, removing the inhabitants of these nations who practiced the corrupt and brutal Canaanite religion was necessary for Israel to experience the full blessings of the Promised Land. And according to some historians, the Canaanite cultic practices included prostitution, infant sacrifice, they tolerated religious pluralism, everything was that was against everything they had learned in the books of the law as God's special and chosen people. And so what we have in the book of Joshua and the many military campaigns that Joshua led against the Canaanites uh, is a picture of uh, how believers in Jesus should not tolerate sin in their life. Many of these military campaigns were bloody and brutal and the Lord said, yeah, go in and take the Canaanites and wipe them out. Why? Because any uh, leftover of the Canaanite religion would lead you astray. And tragically, what happened among the Israelites, sometimes instead of them uh, uh, completely destroying the Canaanites, uh, they would let them live, place them in servitude. "Ah, Well, We'll just control them over here. And what happened over time is uh, uh, they cozied up to the Canaanites, they married their daughters, and they eventually worshipped their gods. Now, think of these seven Canaanite nations that already embedded the land as, uh, let's say, the seven deadly sins. Do you remember these? Pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed. Are you still struggling to have victory over one or maybe all of them? I guarantee you that before you came to Christ, the flesh ruled your life, embedded itself in pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, greed, and perhaps a whole lot more. And you've got you to eradicate that. You've got to, you can't tolerate that. You can't say, oh, I'm going to play with sin. You know, that pride thing, that's kind of just who I am. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Okay, but gone is the victory and the abundance along with it. Because the abundant Christian life, as well as the victorious Christian life, comes when we bring the flesh which entices us to sin under brute submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who said to us, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his own cross, and follow me. Our culture does not invite us to self-denial. Just the opposite, self-indulgence. And and the death of taking up your cross and following him, death to self in your selfish ways, that's painful, that's bloody, that's brutal but it's the pathway to victory and to abundance. Are you getting the picture here? So Joshua led these military campaigns, and oh, you go, wow. But it is a picture of how we deal with sin, that sin that does so easily beset us. And and when we've experienced defeat, it doesn't mean we've lost our salvation. It just means... (laughs) You know, we're not experiencing victory. Now, keep in mind, it took 25 to 30 years for the Israelites to take possession. Some of you have been dealing with pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, greed, or you add to the list for a lot of years. I understand that. There is some sin that embeds itself in our flesh, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't go away easily. We've won the victory. The victory is ours. I've given you the land, the Lord said, but by faith you have to take possession of it. How? Jesus said, anyone who follows after me, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. The abundant Christian life, the victorious Christian life, that is a byproduct of remaining in Jesus and abiding in Jesus and walking by the Spirit is a day-by-day battle. And it's a battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And every sense of the battle that was Joshua's for these multiple decades is our battle as believers in Jesus Christ to take possession of the abundance and the victory that God would have for us. Don't, don't, Don't lose faith. Trust him. And, and, and go about the battles God's way. In fact, you can lay aside, right alongside the book of Joshua, Ephesians chapter 6, and the armor of God that tells us, you know, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to do battles and win battles against the schemes of the devil. It is a daily, daily battle. But the victory is ours in Jesus Christ. We correctly sing from the hymn book, "O Victory in Jesus. 1 John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can say with assurance, "O death, where is your victory? And thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. However, let us never forget that disobedience always brings about defeat. It always does.
1: We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to access the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good Digital Library at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good Radio and free resources like the Something Good Digital Library only exist through the faithful prayer and financial support of listeners like you. Today, as you give, we'll give you access to an ebook written by Dr. Ron Jones that goes along with this part of his teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. This digital resource is based on the 12 historical books of the Old Testament, Joshua through Esther. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to PO Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456, You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now, here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Joshua possessing the promised land.
0: So there's abundance in the promised land. There's victory in the promised land. And the final is rest. It's rest. Joshua 11 and verse 23 says, So Joshua took the whole land, according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel, according to their tribal allotments, and the land had rest from war. Okay? Now, again, this is a picture of something we learn about more fully in the New Testament Um, that speaks of, of Jesus, who is our Sabbath rest, Um, all ten of the Ten Commandments are mentioned again in the New Testament. Nine of them are reaffirmed. And this other one, the, the, the Sabbath command, is kind of retooled a little bit. Jesus declares himself the Lord of the Sabbath after he healed a man on the Sabbath and caught flack from the Pharisees about it. He says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Basically, I can do with the Sabbath what I want to do. And what you need to understand is, it is a picture of my Sabbath rest in salvation. Thus, when Jesus said in um, uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest from what? Well, first, rest from a works-based salvation, okay? But secondly, rest from a works-based sanctification. Uh, the promised land is all about sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ and experiencing the abundant Christian life, the victorious Christian life, and rest from a a religion that just wears you out. Christianity is not a religion. Religion always tells you to try harder. Just do a better job next time. Try harder. Christianity is not a try harder religion. Christianity is Jesus finished it. He did all the work that was necessary to have a right relationship with God. So by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We don't experience or receive eternal life by works. No, we rest from our works as God did and receive his grace by faith, but we don't experience the abundant Christian life or the victorious Christian life by works either. Paul says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive him? By grace and through faith. How do you walk in him? By grace and through faith. I have given you the promised land. I am giving it to you as you walk by faith. All right? I know this sounds mysterious and a little bit slippery. It's easier to say, do this, do this, do this try harder, give it the old college try, do better, that kind of religion, friends, will wear you out. Instead, rest in Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4. Turn there with me if you have your Bible. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 actually speak eloquently about our Sabbath rest in Jesus. And in chapter 4 and verse 8, there's even a reference to Joshua. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. The Sabbath rest In receiving our salvation. And it works the same way in sanctification. Okay? One more thing. And this takes us back to the end of the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Now we're uh, 25, maybe 30 years into the experience since they crossed the Jordan River. Many, many military conquests and, you know, campaigns that Joshua and the Israel army has been on. Now, now Joshua is about 110 years old. And soon he will, he will die, but he has some last words for this generation. He says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in those land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Next to Joshua 1 and verse 8, this is the verse you need to commit to memory. You got a choice to make. First, some of you need to choose to respond to the Spirit of God who is leading you to the cross of Jesus Christ to receive the free gift of eternal life and know that your sins are forgiven. The sovereignty of God will draw you there. And then in some mysterious way, he's also given us the free will to choose without compromising his sovereignty, all right? But you've got a choice to make. It's not enough to just have an intellectual understanding of salvation. The devils understand that, and they tremble at the name of Jesus, but they aren't going to heaven. Now, it's got to be a heart thing where you take what you know to be intellectually true and believe it and act upon it. Uh, Others of you, you you have eternal life. You've placed your faith in Jesus. It's a heart thing, not a head thing. But this matter of the promised land You've been wandering in a wilderness of fleshly enticements and defeat for too long. And I understand the struggle. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Will you bring all of that and put it under brute submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, who says, if anyone would come after me, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. That is the pathway to success in the Promised Land, the abundant Christian life, the victorious Christian life, and a spiritual rest that makes you go, huh, wow, living the Christian life is a whole lot easier than I thought. But when you try to do it in your own strength, it's a whole lot more difficult than you thought the try harder way. We sang earlier, you are my deliverer. That's Exodus. Here in Joshua, we sing, you are my promised land. Wow. Shout hallelujah. For the abundance, the victory, and the rest that has been given to you in Jesus Christ, knowing that, go take possession of it by faith.
1: Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, Joshua possessing the promised land. Ron, let's talk a little further about this idea of not only entering the Promised Land, but possessing it. Let's explore some of what it means for believers in Christ
0: today to possess their own version of the Promised Land. Well, let me start with Joshua chapter 13 and verse 1. Now watch this, Brian. When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, You are growing old, and much land remains to be conquered. Let's think about what that means, not just for Joshua and the Israelites, but for us today. You see, when those walls of Jericho come crumbling down around us, and I'm talking about breakthroughs over addiction or depression or any number of things that keep us from enjoying the abundant, joyful, and victorious Christian life on this earth. Well, it's not enough to gaze through the rubble and look longingly at the promised land. No, we have to walk through the rubble and possess it. But even the possessing of it and the keeping of it has to be fought for on a daily basis, even when we're old, Brian, and when we're advanced in years. We as believers in Christ have a promise of eternal life with him, but in the here and now, there's no such thing as arriving. It's a journey the whole way through. And victories a week or a year or a decade ago, no matter how resounding and triumphant they are, well, they don't eliminate the necessity of fighting a battle on a daily basis. Even if we've walked with the Lord for decades, there is still land left to conquer, still battles left to fight. Let us never make the mistake of thinking that entrance into the promised land is an ending. No, it's a beginning. And it's a beginning that has no ending until our Lord returns and starts for us a new beginning. And so I urge you, friends, to keep this in mind. Do not be surprised that you still have struggles, that you still have battles, that you still have land and demons and sinful patterns left to conquer. You always will. Uh, The good news is twofold. One day, The night will end and morning will break. Uh, We will leave this place for our true home and shall forever be with the Lord without ever having to fight another battle. In the meantime, even though all of us have land left to conquer, uh, we serve a God who has already overcome the world, uh, who has already brought down those walls, who has already won the battle for us. And all we have to do is keep fighting the good fight of faith Because it is in the testing of our faith that our faith ultimately gets perfected. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks for those
1: great final thoughts from your message, Joshua, Possessing the Promised Land. And Ron, as we wrap things up for the day, tell us what's in store for us next time as you move ahead in your series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible.
0: Yes, and thanks, Brian. Now, remember, we're on road trip number two. The first road trip took us on a journey through the five books of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. This second road trip consists of 12 books. Uh, the books of Old Testament history. Coming tomorrow, I'll take you to the book of Judges, the second of the historical books. Now this covers a 350 year period of Israel's history following the death of Joshua. And Brian, this is a book in which the people of Israel rebel. They begin to do what was right in their own eyes. We're going to dive deep into this idea of sin and apostasy, and we'll explore some of the similarities between ancient Israel and the world in which we live today. It all comes your way next time as I continue my teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. That's tomorrow in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Judges, Anarchy,
1: and Apostasy. Join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.